All right, hello everybody. How are we doing today? How are we doing in the back? Yeah, Aisha's doing good. Aisha, what's good about your day so far? Blessed. I hear you say that word so often. It's rubbing off on me. Appreciate that. Uh, welcome everybody uh, to the gathering today. Um, if you're new, I'll just say this. Uh, I'm really glad that you're here if you're new online or if you consider yourself new in the gathering. Um, I'm glad that you chose the seat today. We're, we're glad there was there's room for you. There was a, a reservation sign with your name on it on the chair today. And I promise you that the people you're sitting with are only just a little weird, but they, they won't hurt you. They're, they're good people. Um, uh, especially if you're new today, I just want to like rehash the journey that we've been on a little bit, just to bring everybody up to speed, um, so that uh, you don't feel like you're coming into a, a sequel to a movie that you didn't see the first one. You know how that, that happens sometimes? You don't know like where we're at. So I want to catch up to speed. Um, we launched this church in the gathered form on March 21 of this, this year, uh, March 21, uh, right coming out of the, the uh, coronavirus pandemic, and most of the people in this room were a part of that journey from way before that, and God has been doing some really beautiful things uh, through our group. We, we talk often about the, the amount of kids that were blessed to get to feed through hand-to-hand, and people like Daniel wanting to collect pop cans now to get boots for kids, like, that's that's... So cool. That's so cool that there's such a heart to want to give. Um, yeah, we can snap for that. Thank you. Um, seeing people get baptized, uh, like seeing you guys love each other and you didn't know each other before. Like it's it's a joy to get to do this thing, like building this church together. Um, but I've had something, uh, not even but, but I've also had something kind of in my gut for a couple of months. Um, and if you've been around the last couple of weeks, you know kind of what I'm talking about. But um, it's that I feel like we needed to get together again, like around tables, to discern like who we are, remember who God's calling us to be, um, and to think about ways that we might change what we're doing in order to like have it feel like what we want it to feel like, and uh, to have greater like effectiveness in the community, and also to dream, and also to just yeah, we got kids upstairs. <laughs> um, it's like it's really making me aware that we've got kids that are part of this church, um, and they like to run around. Um, but God has, like, God has called us to this this uh, joy of building this community. He hasn't just called Jordan, Pastor Jordan, to like tell you what we're supposed to do. That's that's never going to be my style. And and I felt like maybe for the first six months, as we were launching, um, there was more of like everybody doing their thing in their volunteer area, which you were we're all doing what we were told to do, right? We're we're working our areas, but then something was lost. There was just for me there was. There was a loss of your voice, I'll say that, in the conversation about like shaping this community together. So that's really the heart of, of why we've been doing this journey called Setting the Table, because I believe we are a part of a story that God is writing. And each one of us has found our way to the story from a different place. Looking out at this room, I see like a collection of just, I mean... <laughs> It's so cool. Like, how did you find your way to this story? And what future might God have as we continue to unfold this story? So um, last week, or yeah, last week, not, no, two weeks ago, we really started with the idea that um, 
I asked you the question, who, who's the reserved chair for? Like who, who do you uh, have a passion to, to invite to the table, essentially? So there's a reason why we're at tables. It really just makes us think of our mission here. But um, we really spent time on like the reserved chair and we made uh, a, like a compilation of the things that really, I mean, it kind of breaks your heart, right? That, that there might be people that are, are not yet at the table, that might not know how much God loves them, that might not uh, have any community to belong to. Um, and we find ourselves there too, right? So uh, you guys put together like a compilation, I guess. I, I compiled all the stuff that you put together at your tables. And the three categories that really kind of came from that are you got a passion for young blood, for kids and teenagers, which is like, let's snap for that. Um, a passion for single parents, um, which is beautiful. Uh, and a passion for building, uh, for bridging relationships between people who might feel like there's distance between them and God or them and the church or them and any relationship. So uh, I thought it was really interesting that you're like, your desires matched what the demographics are actually like saying to us. So these are old statistics and I would push back if you're pushing back against what they mean, but these are, uh, this is data from like 10 years ago. So imagine what this says today, right? That um, of Wyoming, that only 17% would really say that their faith is like important to them. And that like, that sucks because I think there's, there's something missing because faith, I believe, in God is discovering who you're created to be. It's like the, the source of all good in this world. So to not know that that's, that's what God is like is, is, I don't know, very challenging. But um, the, also in this community, like I'm looking at, you guys said that uh, young blood um, is something that like we have a passion for. And that makes sense, right? Like this church started... Uh, with hand-to-hand at Gladiola. That was where it began, with, with feeding kids. And we love to do stuff like kids' ministry, block parties. The one we threw at two guys the other day, crazy. Like, amazing that we get the opportunity to, like, love kids. And what Alec is doing at the high school with YFC, like, so excited to see what God is doing there, man. You've been faithful uh, from that first club two years ago where there was one kid. You, like, stuck with it, though. That, that kid wasn't insignificant. That was who just got, who God gave you that first day, right? Now you've got like 30 kids coming to your thing every week and they're having beautiful conversations about God. I've been hanging there with you too. It's like, man, God is doing some cool stuff because you guys and we are willing to like be present with people to not confine the church to the building. Um, and another thing that I think is just, I mean, the, the ethnic diversity of Wyoming also reflected in what you're passionate about and the, this has really been, been hit me in the heart, I'll say, uh, quite a bit, that 40%, 40.6% of our missional footprint, which is a one and a half mile radius around the high school, um, is, or two and a half mile, yeah, one and a half mile radius around Wyoming High School. That touches two guys, touches here, Gladiola, all of the space that we kind of spend time in. That 40.6% of the um, households are single parent households. Um, which I guess shouldn't be that surprising, but it just like, it makes sense that this group loves to come around people who are doing it on their own with their kids. And I think that we need to listen to that, that we need to continue to listen to what it means to build a church together that really exists for everybody for sure. But like 
it's hard to do it on your own. And there, there's lots of stuff around that, that especially as a, a man, and I'll, I'll say like most of the single parent households are, are single like mother households. And as a dad of two kids, the idea of getting to be like a father figure in a kid's life is pretty motivating to me. And I wonder as we continue forward, like, what does it mean for us to be father and mother and brother, older brother, older sister figures to each other's kids too, including my own. So, um, that was like, this is all just what the chair was for, right? So this is what we were stirring up. Like, this is this is what Wyoming looks like. And it also happens to be who you guys, I don't know, somebody's going to crack their head up. <laughs> like, we're going to hear thump, 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 and then it's going to be crying, and it's going to be my son. And we'll have to go to the ER again. It's been two years since we've gone to the ER. Lord, please. <laughs> like, there was a six-month period when we were going to the ER every other month. I can relate to that. Yeah, it was right before this all started. Power, yes, yes. So last week, though, we talked about um, like the the barriers that exist between those people groups and the, the reserved chairs that we uh, talked about. Because oftentimes it feels like we can have a passion for people, we can want people to know who God is and like know how much Jesus loves them. And then there's like a closed door. And so you guys took time uh, last week, and you can see on your tables there's a sheet. That, uh, there's two sheets. I just want to point those out to you right now. This this long one is verbatim what you wrote on your sticky notes. I want you to just see that that um, we're we're building we're building a like action plan from what we're doing here. So th this is all the stuff that you said from last week um, might be closing the door and becoming a barrier between people and Jesus. And then the second sheet I thought was pretty interesting. The the one that's like consolidated. Um, I, go, I went through as, as best as I can, went through as best as I can, like through your whole list that you put together to like kind of figure out what like general categories do the things that you guys are believing are barriers between people and, and Jesus, what categories do those fall into? And those are the, those are the general ones. And I'm going to have you guys talk about this in a little bit. Okay. So I just wanted to like catch up to speed, to speed that that's where we've been. And last week, it was a, like, thou shalt not come up with any solutions. We just had to name the stuff that's getting in the way. And I think the stuff that we named is accurate, according to even the, the demographic studies that uh, show what keeps people away from church or what keeps people away from wanting to believe in God. It's a lot of the stuff that you guys named. Um, but today, the question that I want you to wrestle with in a little bit after I uh, go through a text here is what ideas could help open the door. So we'll just symbolically open it back up. Hopefully not break it in half. Okay. I might get concussed if that thing falls this way and hits me in the head. Pastor Jay is going to be concussed, Aisha. You don't want that. You don't want that. Um, but the question is what ideas could help open the door between Jesus, the church, and people experiencing barriers? So today, part one of like... Creative Idea Solution Day, okay? So all, all the stuff that you might have held back last week, all the things that you wanted to say but you didn't, today is the day to start that. And so I think that we're going to have kind of two parts to this. Today is going to be, um, let's just brainstorm, let's just dream, 
you might be the one that's experiencing the barrier and you can speak from that place or you might be speaking on behalf of somebody that you love or uh, what ideas could we have practical ideas or philosophical ideas whatever you want that could um, remove the barrier between people and Jesus and next week next week I'll come I'll come with some ideas that I have but I don't want to do that first I actually want to like us to do it together first sound good so um, let me set up today's uh, idea then and that is like how do we open up the door um, that exists between people and Jesus so this passage is found in Mark chapter 2. If you want to open up your Bible, you can. Matter of fact, go ahead. If you got if you got it on your phone or whatever, feel free to do that. We're at table, so this is kind of a cool way to like look at the Bible together. So, um, Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. I'm going to read all of the verses, and then I'm just going to make some comments on it, and then I'm going to like send you at your tables to do this brainstorming. Okay? But this is a great story, I think, about people breaking down a barrier that existed between Jesus and their friend. So it's uh, in Mark chapter 2, uh, starting at verse 1. It says, A few days later, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers, large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside of the door. So Jesus was inside of a house, and the house was packed, and the door was stuffed, not with an actual door, but with people. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, because of the barrier that was there, they made an opening in the roof. And this is where I was thinking if I would rip down one of these tiles or something, but I'm not going to do that today. Maybe one of the kids will come falling through the ceiling. You don't know. There's a sound up there, but... Uh, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging a hole through it, okay, and then lowered the mat the man was laying on. Actually, let me pause. Have you ever been the one to which somebody is carrying you to be low? Like, have you been the person on the mat mm -hmm. that your friends have gone to bat for? I want to, like, insert that idea into the, the talk here because we're going to be talking about being one of the four people that's holding the corners of that mat. But maybe you identify more with being the person that's like been carried by people. Feel free to stick with that mindset as we brainstorm here together. Too. Okay. Uh, story continues. When when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, "Son, your sins are forgiven." Okay, I'm just going to stop again because I'm breaking the rule I said I would do earlier and read it all. But I think it's crazy that Jesus forgave this person who was being lowered down to him to be healed on behalf of the faith of his friends. Isn't that kind of weird? That Jesus saw the grit that his friends had to kick through the ceiling and lower him down and healed their friend or forgave his sins and then eventually healed him of his being, being paralyzed. Verse 6. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. Thinking in their hearts, interesting. And he said to them, why are you thinking but these things? Which is easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? 
But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive, or excuse me, authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up and took his mat and walked out in full view of them, probably doing a cartwheel. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. These people met a barrier between their friend and Jesus. They loved their friend, and they took creative action. They didn't let the clogged door, the barrier, stop them. They went up to the roof. Wouldn't you have loved to have been a part of that like problem-solving conversation? Like, how long did that last? Where did they carry their friend from? Why did they feel like they could kick in the roof? They knew the heart of Jesus. They had a desperation to see their friend healed, to bring their friend to the table. So I believe, like, today, we're like those four friends. Figuring out ways, that's the work that we're doing. Figuring out ways to help our friends and family and neighbors and strangers find their way back to God. But maybe you feel like you're the person on the mat. That matters too. You have a unique perspective today. As we envision what it looks like to actually kick through the barrier that exists between Jesus and people. So I'm going to stop there. I want you to at your tables now to envision yourself as those four friends. Envision yourselves as the ones who are on mission, who are scrappy and gritty, who are willing to get messy, who might be willing to kick your foot through the floor for the sake of your friend who needs the healing touch of Jesus. So, what ideas could help open the door between Jesus and the church? Excuse me, between Jesus, the church, and people who are experiencing those barriers. <laughs> it's getting bad up there. Okay, so here's what I want you to do then. I want you to get at your tables, uh, just have a dialogue about this. Maybe introduce yourself if you don't know each other yet, like get to know each other's names. And then <laughs> some of you birthed the other person sitting at your table. Um, but uh, I want you to just brainstorm ideas of ways that we could creatively remove a barrier off of these lists. Creative ideas about anything that you see on these lists. You have sticky notes. And what I want us to do this time is to actually stick your sticky notes on the, I might get concussed, to stick your sticky notes on the inside of the door. So this represents like what's going to open up the door. So today is idea day. There's no wrong idea. So I want you to think between the barriers that exist here, between uh, like church hurt, how, how can we close that gap? How can we show people love? No transportation, activities for kids, the stuff that's on the sheet. Uh, language or cultural differences. What are ways that we can close that gap? You guys get it. Okay, so I'm going to put a little music on. 
have a conversation first, and then as many sticky notes as we can get with as many ideas about as many ways uh, are great, and then we're going to compile it and come back next week. So let's start that work. Go. So we're going to um, end in song today, and we're going to revisit this all next week. So thank you, guys. Um, an idea from someone somewhere has led each one of us to the table. It was somebody thinking about us that led to our invitation to Jesus. It was intentionality by somebody. It might not have been like a workshop feel like this, but someone listened to what God was saying and took action, and here we are. We get the privilege of... Hi, Mallory. <laughs> we get the privilege of picking up the corner of a mat and kicking through a ceiling so that people can know how much God loves them. So stand, we'll sing a song, and then... We'll have dinner after that. Um, actually, after the song, if you have kids, you can.